Yes, it is. Hope you're well. Hope you're well. Keep those text messages coming through, won't you? I've got a couple in there. Uh, Bondi Jack Reptile. Get to those in just a minute. Um, sorry for talking about wrist soles and all that. We really digress there. And um, but we'll talk more hard-hitting sport in a moment. Um, Lockie McCurdy from Code Sports is going to join us very, very shortly. So look forward to that. We'll touch on uh, the Winter Olympics, obviously. But I'll throw that topic out there again. Some weird or wacky sports. What are some of the weirdest sports we've got? Um, send through your sports, your wackiest sports, 0457 736 736, because uh, tonight being the, I guess, the, well, it's not the opening of the Winter Olympics. That would be the opening ceremony. But the Winter Olympics is beginning a couple of days before the opening ceremony. And curling will be uh, the first sport that Aussies are, are involved in. So, And it is a bit of a weird sport, isn't it? curling so that's what i'm asking you weird and wacky sports send them through let's now uh, join uh, lockie mccurdy from code sports good evening to you lockie thanks for joining us mate so good to be here chris look I, i'm considering myself or i'm unofficially calling myself a curling expert over the next <laughs> sport. Um, i cannot wait to to watch some aussies finally compete at the olympics in curling it's about time righto now you've really thrown yourself in it here i hope you're prepared to back it up that big statement um, I, cause I, I sort of Googled it today knowing I'd be talking mm. about it at some stage, which you've obviously done as well. And we've looked into the rules of curling. Um, would it be throwing you under the bus if I just ask you to sort of summarize the rules of curling? I'll, I'll give it my best go. Cause go like, like you said, yes, yes, I have been doing a bit of research. <laughs> so, uh, the way a lot of people describe it is either chess on ice or lawn bowls on ice. If you mm. kind of want to think of it in a, in a mixture that way. So you've got this long sort of bowling alley essentially of ice but you've got this target down the end and that's called the house, the house. so in there there's four separate circles uh there's usually one larger blue one and then a smaller red one inside and the very center of that red one is called um uh the button the, essentially the center of the house and if you kind of think of it like darts it's like the bullseye, the bullseye yeah. essentially and you, you want your, your final stones to end up in there and the way the points work is whoever has whichever team so it's a team sport so one team against another, whichever team has the, the stone in the centre of the button or closest to the button will get at least get one point. point. And then there's points allocated based on where the rest of the, the Next stone kind of end stone. up. Kind of, yeah. yeah, kind of like lawn bowls in that sense where it's all about getting it closer to the jack and whoever's yeah. closer around that. So, um, but yeah, it, it's kind of just such a fascinating thought because obviously everyone looks at it and goes, okay, the, the stone part makes sense, but what about the guys with the brooms? What, what, yes. what does that mean? And so well, this is what I was really when, when you just say guy, when you say guys with the brooms, right? So tonight we've got mixed, but it's only two, so there's only going to be mm. one person with the broom, right? That clean. Mm. I'm just looking, so actually, looking at the, the big screen. Look at the big screen. There's some curling happening. Oh, I just know it's a highlights package. <laughs> so yeah, we've got our, our Aussies, uh, Tyler Gill and Dean Hewitt. Um, so. Charlie's the one who, who's usually got the stone in the hander and I'll be Dean following it down with sweeping. Um, and, and the reason why they sweep is because there's the idea is it's not quite clear ice. It's got a little bit of friction there. And the idea is that if you want the, the stone to go a little bit further, yep. just add you, water. You use the, the, you use the broom essentially to, to flatten out the surface a bit, make it a bit smoother, generate less friction and the stone will go a little bit further. So that's why you'll see, the, the person at the other end, for the Aussies, that'll be Tali. She'll, yeah. They'll have a certain amount of signals and just say, sweet, 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 or stop, stop, because she's basically judging 
the length and the distance and that sort of thing. So it's a, a really important part of the communication oh, there. Oh, gee, I tell you what, I could have done with, with uh, a sweeper. Uh, yesterday, I was trying to mop, mop my floors, and I've got some stained floorboards, and I got the mop out, and, and I was giving it everything I've got. It's funny, though. So you're right with that sweeper. So they're, they're just in front of the, the disc, or what do you call it, the, the mm. stone, the and stone. that friction just heats it up a bit, so there's a bit more fluid there, and, okay, a bit more, a bit more, and that'll send it through. So a fascinating sport. Mm. Um, I dare, I don't want to go into the origins of it, but uh, those stones, too, by the way, I was looking at that today, they, they cost... Um, about $700 each, I think. I don't know what they weigh, um, but, yeah, interesting old game. So that mm. happens tonight, um, and, again, like happens at most Olympics these days, is you've got sport taking place before the opening ceremony. Yeah, we do. I, I think it's just part of the parcel of the Olympics these days that just because there's so much sport in the games, they just can't fit it in on all of the days. that They kind of have to start a little bit earlier, so... Oh, to you and I, it would make sense to maybe just move the opening ceremony a bit mm. earlier then. But I guess their logic is just have it on the Friday because that's where we saw the the the, Beige, um, the Tokyo Olympics. Their opening ceremony was also on a Friday. So have it on the Friday. We can have a few events before. So you obviously mentioned it's happened before. We had softball start early for the Tokyo Olympics last year. So, yeah, now we've got curling being the, the Aussie representatives and they kick off uh, 11.05. Eastern Daylight Time, our time tonight. Awesome, awesome. Uh, Dan, uh, producer Cowboy Dan here, he's just said, yeah, 19.1 kgs those stones weigh. Uh, there mm. you go. Uh, that was about the uh, weight of the meat that I bought at the Wholesale Butcher <laughs> this afternoon. What are our medal chances at the Winter Olympics? Uh, how are we looking? Because where, wherever I read, it seems to be saying it, it could well be the most successful Winter Olympics that we've we've been at. It certainly could be. So we've got a, a team of 43. It was meant to be 44, but poor um, Alpine skier Maddie Hoffman did her ACL just a fortnight before the game. So she was all set to, to be in the games and has done her ACL. So unfortunately, she won't be there. But in the team, I reckon there's a genuine five or six who are very good medal chances. And then there's probably another five or six outside of that who, in the nature of sort of competitive sport, racing, things like that, could find themselves on the podium. And the, the ones that I really am drawn to so far at these Olympics are Laura Peel, who's a, a freestyle aerial mm-hmm. skier. She's world number one. She's won the, the Crystal Globe for, for, I guess, most World Cup wins, I think, two years in a row now. And obviously, Australia's got quite a good sort of record in freestyle aerial skiing historically. Uh, but so we've got her. And then also Daniel Scott is also competing in that event too. So we've got two really good Aussie chances there. But Laura is definitely the one to watch. Uh Scotty James is another name that I think most people will be familiar with um, over on the snowboard half pipe. He came away with bronze in Pyeongchang. Yeah. Sort of, it, this is his fourth Olympics now. He competed his first Olympics when he was just 15. So it's incredible to think that this Amazing. is already his fourth Olympics and he's only 27. But he's won X Games recently and yeah, he, he looks in good form and he's got a point to prove after uh, 2018. So I really like the looks of him. And then the, the other main one that I'd like to focus on is Jakara Anthony. She's a, a mogul scare, obviously. Mm. Mogul is, again, another sport that Australia have done quite well in over the years, the likes of Dale Begg-Smith, who has just been fantastic. But Jakara has really timed her run well for these Olympics, but obviously a bit disrupted by COVID. But over the last sort of 12 months, she's she's made a habit out of finishing on the podium. There was one weekend at the World Cups just in December in France where she won both events over the weekend. And 
Um, it, it was just phenomenal. I think she's had six events or World Cup events in this season, so this European winter essentially, or this Northern Hemisphere winter. Only one of them she didn't finish on the podium. So she's looking very good to kind of finally get a, a medal because she finished um, just out of the places in Pyeongchang as well in fourth. That uh, I was reading that article today um, in the Daily Telegraph. Um, who, uh, Julian Linden uh, mm. wrote uh, about Jakara. So we talk about, you know, skeleton and luge and some of those frightening sports. But, I mean, the moguls, that one there, you're going so fast um, over 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 the bumps or the humps um, or the moguls, mm. and then you've got to pull off a, a crazy sort of routine as well. And she's got what what's called the Cork 720 Mute um, yep. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 sort of it's it's a full flip with two rotations and a grab of a skis in midair, and it says here is so outrageous that hardly anyone else in the world will even attempt it. So if you can pull that off or land it, um, like all the kids these days, they land their their water bottles, don't they? <laughs> if you can pull it and land mm. it, so that's one to look out for. So um, I'm suddenly all of a sudden quite interested into in the uh, mm. the Winter Olympics, but. You're right, there's been a few girls over the years that have um, done really, really well. Uh, Tora Bright, we, we know of her, and Lydia Lassila. So um, yeah. Yeah, looking looking forward to it. Look, it. It's not been without its problems and its dramas, uh, Lockie, has it? Um, COVID concerns, and also, I guess, you, you, you say don't mix politics with sport, but uh, it, it certainly has been mixed in the build-up. Without a doubt, that it, it's going to be... Like Tokyo, different Olympics to what we're used to, different Winter Olympics to what all these winter athletes are used to. I guess firstly on COVID, I think that by the looks of things, the biosecurity bubble and everything they've got in place are going to be some of the strictest conditions we've seen in the world. And it's been good to see a lot of the athletes come out and say how safe they feel, how protected they feel, and that they feel it is a really good environment. It's not too onerous or anything like that. But you're having to get daily PCR tests if you're in the bubble. Um, the streets of Beijing in particular, but obviously there's a few towns up in the mountains too where their hosting events are feeling pretty much empty. And yeah, a lot of strict conditions when it comes to that. But you're right in terms of some of the other concerns. But obviously when it comes to China, there's been a, a lot of talk about China in the last, not just couple of weeks, but last few years really. But I think it's been accentuated in terms of sport and politics with what's happening with the, the tennis player Peng Shui. We obviously saw some of the T-shirts uh, at the Australian Open with security saying, no, you can't hide that banner. And then people came back wearing T-shirts. But it, it's hard to see her not being raised at some point during the games. I mean, security-wise, there is concern that some of the apps that the, the athletes have to download might be used for surveillance or covertly. And for that reason, a lot of athletes and a lot of people just travelling in general, this isn't just an Australian thing. A lot of people going to China for these games have taken burner phones with them as a precaution. That's sort of how serious these concerns are and I mean when you've got sort of people coming out and saying that if people go against the Olympic spirit that they will face punishment it, it is kind of concerning but you, you just hope there's a, a lot of sen- sensible things mm. put into action by the team I mean we were, we were on a press conference with Jeff Lipsch at the Australian chef demission I think a week and a little bit ago and he was kind of just saying look we were happy for our athletes to have their own opinion, but we also just telling them just make sure you abide by the host nation and the host customs and things like that, and everyone should be fine. So I don't think this uh, these Olympics will be without incident. I think this it just feels like everything's growing over at the moment, but it's just waiting to see where that's going to come from. Mm. 
All right, Lockie, mate, thanks for joining us. I always like chatting to you, buddy, so I appreciate you taking time out to join us on Higher Ground. Thanks so much, Chris. Enjoy the uh, curling tonight. Will do. No, I will. I'll, I'll try and um, tune in to, to some of it at least. So that all starts tonight, the Winter Olympics in Beijing. And uh, so Australia finished 23rd on the medal ladder last time out in Pyeongchang with two silver medals and a bronze. Uh, this article here says that's a fairly accurate reflection of our place in the winter sports world. But this year could be our best ever with several solid medal chances. So we have, uh, what have we got? Um, five gold, five silver, and five bronze medals. Um, there you go, over the last seven Winter Olympics. So we'll just have to wait and see. I want to talk about the fake snow. I'd like to talk and keep those texts coming through. Loads of them are coming through actually about weird sports. So I will read them out. We're going to talk some Canberra Raiders uh, after the next break. Before we go to the break, I want to talk about some fake snow. we got time to talk about fake snow. We do. Yes, we do. I watched a movie actually yesterday and not that fake snow. It was called Blow. Blow. Yeah, well, yes, so you no, finished that. off the movie. You finished you it off. Yeah. yeah, it's not that sort of movie. But fake snow. Listen to this, right? Yes. Oh, yep. um, so it's almost one hundred percent artificial snow will be used in Beijing. Mm. Uh, not surprising given the climate, I guess. Now, fake snow first used at the Winter Olympics. It was in Lake Placid in nineteen eighty. Mm. Um, artificial snow has become more commonplace at the games. It comes with a significant risk. And a very big cost. I want you, uh, ladies and gents and cowboy down, tune into these figures, right? Around 1.2 million cubic metres of snow will be required for the Games, which are taking place in one of the most arid areas of China. So that will, will require an estimated 49 million gallons or 222, 222 million litres on Richie Benno Day, the 2nd of February, 22. So 222 million litres of chemically treated water to be frozen by around 130 snow generators and around 300 snow guns. Now, Beijing is one of the most water-scarce cities in the world. So keep this in mind. So using all that water for the Olympics takes a major environmental toll, let alone a hit to the back pocket, this article goes on. Plus, you've got climate change. You've seen average temperatures soar in Beijing in recent years. Based on historical temperatures data for Beijing, nearly every February day for the past 30 years has been above the freezing level for water. That means extra work for the snowmakers just to maintain the proper snow conditions for the events. Blah, blah, blah. And put simply, fake snow just isn't the same as natural snow. Here's one for you. I've never skied. There you go. Think about that. Put that into your tank when you I'll ask me that, things, yep, yep. things that I haven't you done. Haven't done yep. Another thing I haven't done yep. is that fake snow. No, I've never About that movie that. I was talking no, about. Right, okay. Yep. Um, so there you go. Uh, it was that fake snow just isn't the same as natu- natural snow. Mm. One's, it's fake. Well, of course. It yeah. contains almost 30% ice and 70% air compared to natural snows, 10% ice and 90% air. So there you go, some stuff you didn't know about fake snow. I like snow. That almost rhymed. Do you like snow? Yeah, I love snow. I love making snow, man. Yeah. Oh, it's something about it, isn't it? Yeah. Keep those texts coming through. Weird and wacky sports. Uh, I will, I promise I get, I'll get through them before the hour is out. There you go. I'll get through them before 11 o'clock. Pressure now on me. Up next, we're going to talk some rugby league. More specifically, we're going to talk Canberra Raiders.